What's going on, friends? Welcome back to the Forward Progress live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason here, your host for every Thursday and Friday show here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. We'll be joined by Matthew Freeman, Jack Miller, and John Legaza shortly, but a couple things we want to get to before we start here. First of all, last week we had a great time. We appreciate all you guys interacting in the chat. So, if you have any questions about plays today, please drop them in the chat. Or if you just want to share plays you've already played for Sunday, drop them in the chat and we can discuss them here on the show, guys. A couple more things to get out of the way here. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening in audio form, please leave us a review. It does a great deal. And we appreciate you for doing that. And, you know, I don't usually ask this, but one more thing from you guys. Grab that link up top and send it to one of your friends who loves betting on the NFL does a great deal for us. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the likes. We appreciate you guys subscribing. But if you can send it to one friend, it does a great deal for us here. Because, listen, we're here for you guys, and we want to help you guys out. So none of this would be possible, of course, with our sponsors over at Pinnacle. So Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel and with everyday competitive odds. Pinnacle should be one of your available outs. If you're looking to sign up and support the show, make sure you use code hammer when signing up to pinnacle your trusted sportsbook for 25 years bet smart bet pinnacle must be 19 plus in ontario please play responsibly and not available in the u.s guys joining us today we have jack miller from establish the run john legaza from the athletic and matthew matthew freeman from the fantasy life guys and let's just get right into it here i want to start with the thursday night uh football matchup we, we had the bears put a little bit of a beat down on the commanders 42 it was kind of an exciting game Compared to last year, at least, uh, between the game between the Bears and the Commanders, it was a stinker last year. This this year, much better. 40 to 20, a lot of scoring. Love the over here. After the game, I saw a clip on Twitter of Chris Canty. I think it was early this morning, making a relatively sound argument on selling high on Justin Fields, as this might be the peak of him. But then I looked at his schedule, right? The Bears play the Vikings, the Raiders, the Chargers. Then they go on the road against the Saints, a little bit of a tougher matchup. But then they play the Panthers. Four of five matchups are against relatively porous defense groups here. And so my question to you guys is, is this the peak of Justin Fields? Let's step away from the Bears perspective for a second. And just in general, props market, uh, fantasy-wise, are you selling high on the production of Justin Fields? Or are you going to wait it out and see if you can kind of continue this production with a porous defense? Uh, Matt, if you want to start, start this off with us, what are your thoughts on Justin Fields here? Yeah, I mean, he's been super encouraging in his past two starts, but uh, it feels like these will be more, I wouldn't say like blips on the radar, but like I feel like he's not going to be at this level for the rest of the season. He will be somewhere between what we saw the past two weeks and what we saw the first three weeks of the season, which, you know, like that's that's competent quarterback play. Like I feel like that's probably enough to ensure that the, the bears aren't like the worst team in the league, just one of the worst teams in the league. Um, but you know, from the prop market, um, one thing that is interesting is that he has really amplified the rushing, uh, recently had 11 carries, uh, on Thursday night football, 11 carries two weeks before that. Like, there was a period where he wasn't doing much as a designed runner, but they're starting to pick it up a little bit more with him in the running game. And that will be something to monitor. Yeah, that's a great point here. It's almost like a large sine wave, right? We have the top, we have the bottom, but we'll probably land somewhere in the middle. John, do you have any more thoughts on Justin Fields here? Yeah, I think Matt got a lot of it. We've always seen the flashes from Fields. We know the talent is there. And again, the driving engine being those 
designed runs challenging the secondary. To your point, Jason, I think, yeah, he's listen, he's safe in rough matchups, in particular against defenses that struggle to guard deep outside. Remember, Fields gets pegged as this runner only. He's got a good deep ball, and he's got a good receiver out there. But they're still not that great. So I'm, I'm, I'm with Matt. Like, you can get with it while it's here, especially like in fantasy, even for prop betting. I think the rushing props will be juicy for the next couple weeks. Just don't be surprised when you get rugged when they go up against a, a good defense. The play calling is still not great for Chicago, and the defense is still really bad. So, which is actually good for fantasy and props because you probably get a couple of circus games. But I'd probably be selling high in general. Fair enough here. And I, like you said, John, DJ Moore looked like an absolute stud. It was hilarious yeah. that a couple hours earlier, a report that Panthers were looking for uh, a number one receiver. I thought that was like, I was laughing to myself when, when that came out. Uh, uh, Jack, you have any more thoughts on uh, Justin Fields here? Yeah, I, I think Matt and John covered it uh, pretty well. I think for fantasy purposes, his rushing production is going to keep him uh, pretty relevant. For props, mm. it kind of depends on, on the numbers. So we'll see. Yeah how much the the books in the market are really factoring in the first three weeks versus the last two weeks. Uh, but I do agree that his, his real uh, expectation is, is somewhere in between the first three weeks and the last two weeks. And realistically, based on the extended sample size we've seen, it's probably closer to the first three weeks, but not, you know, not that bad. Yeah, fair enough here. And that's a great point with the rushing stuff, because if you look in the markets, it was around, I want to say his totals were around in the 60s when the year started, rushing totals came all the way down to, I saw a 39 last night. So it's like, you got to keep an eye on those markets. Hopefully it doesn't come up too much after last game. But I, I think in the, around the mid 40s, that rushing number yeah. seems pretty decent here. All right, let's get into our props, our best bets for Sunday for this weekend. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone, guys, drop your plays down in the chat below. We want to keep an open dialogue here between us and the chat. Listen, we're here for you guys, so drop those plays and we'll comment on them towards the end of the show. But let's just get right into it. Matt, let's start with you. First prop I have here from you, It's to, it's to we're heading towards the Monday night game uh, where we see the Packers go on the road, take on the Raiders. Game is currently around a pick right now, and the offensive line of the Packers got absolutely manhandled last week against the Detroit Lions. But this week, they get a little bit of an easier matchup with the Raiders. And uh, you're looking at Jordan Love for your prop in this game. Matt, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I like Jordan Love over in the rushing yardage department. I first bet this when it was at 10 and a half. It's bumped up to 13 and a half, but I would actually still bet it there. Uh, I have this projected at 18.6. So I think you could probably get some value at 13 and a half, maybe all the way up to 14 and a half. Uh, in his five career starts, Love has averaged 19 rushing yards per game with a median of 23. So only once has he failed to go over. 10 and a half and that was last week so i think there's a little bit of recency bias here he's a road underdog uh, which is, i think is a good situation uh i think it means that he's less likely to lose some rushing yards at the end of the game mm -hmm. with those dreaded quarterback kneel downs um and of the four starting quarterbacks to face the raiders this year he's most comparable as a runner to justin herbert just kind of like based on their utilization herbert has a 10 percent designed rush rate that's the same as jordan love herbert has a six percent scramble rate this year uh jordan love is five so as runners these guys are getting the same utilization and herbert last week had 27 yards on the ground against the raiders so again i have this projected at 18.6 so i think there's still value at 13 and a half in the market right now yeah, fair enough. And Jordan Love, it's not like he's a running quarterback here, but I mean, I feel like we you've mentioned this a lot early 
earlier on in the season on this show how it seems like the books aren't really adjusting for these guys affinity to just you know what drop down and drop their eyes and just run the football here because usually when they face a lot of pressure they there are times where they stand high in the pocket and they look to throw the ball but at some point these guys are are good enough and are athletic enough nowadays to just be able to run and get a couple yards here so i actually love that one we're going to stick with the packers here last week jordan love connected with romeo dobbs on a couple big plays but christian watson was on a snap count last week Luke Musgrave, currently questionable, might be playing this week. Jack, you're looking at someone's unders in this game, so why don't you tell us where you're looking for, like who you're looking towards, and why? Yeah, Romeo Dobbs was was Love's most targeted receiver last week, but his longest catch only went 16 yards, and I, I gave out a longest catch last week. It did not hit. Uh, we're gonna go back and, and and try to right the ship here with Romeo Dobbs under 20.5 longest reception. He's gone over uh, just once in four games so far. His average depth of target is 11, uh, which isn't actually all that low, but it, it's certainly not high either. And he's not been an explosive player over the course of his career, but really it's largely a bet on Christian Watson expanding his role. And Dobbs has been the clear wide receiver one for um, Jordan Love so far. Mm -hmm. So I think Watson, he was on a snap count last week. Uh, and, uh, they have a long, long rest going into this game on Monday night. So I, I think that Watson is going to overtake Dobbs as the wide receiver one here. Um and Dobbs is not the type of player who's going to be operating that much downfield. So I'm taking the under there. Yeah, and I'm curious. I, I hope to not put you on the spot here, but I've kind of been I've, I've been wondering about Romeo Dobbs and if his uh, like bet like this longest reception has it been affected at all by last week because he had a couple of those big chunk plays where he got those big receptions. Have you noticed that it's been affected at all? Have you not noticed that, or you're just not even looking at that? You're just pure numbers play for you. I think it's the same uh, line as last week, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. And and I think he had like nine targets, I think, last week, and mm -hmm. he still went under. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, moving on from there, Packers have that mini bye, which is going to be good for them, especially coming right before their actual bye week. So they got a lot of rest there to heal up. That offensive line has been very troublesome for them, but hopefully that bye can help them out here. Moving on, John, uh, you're a big fan of the reception ladders here. We've been struggling on the show, but... We got a good bounce back one, and we're looking towards the marquee matchup of the week, that Sunday night football game where the Cowboys go on the road, face the 49ers in the clash of the NFC Titans. Both defensive has been, both defensives has been dominant throughout the first four weeks of the season. So who are you looking at for your reception ladder, and why are you looking at them? Yeah, give me Tony Pollard. Reception ladder, like you said, splitting one unit. I like to go, depending on the you know amount of rungs, to keep it simple, 7-2-1, four catches is already going off at plus 125. So if you don't want to go all the way up, there at least is a nice plus money bet. So four catches, keep that in mind. You know, passes going to the running back, it's really always going to be a function of the defense. We saw the big seven reception game that was against the Jets, right? Jets, what do we know? A lot of 5 DB, a lot of too high, high pressure rates, but low blitz rates because of Pressure up front, right in the middle. San Francisco D, right? That same kind of tree. 85% nickel, 33 too high. Those are all top five. 39 pressure on 18 blitz. Again, high pressure rate, low blitz rate because of the defensive line. So what have we gotten? The 49ers are 32nd in receptions allowed. So they can meet Pollard, top 10 in running back usage. As far as route participation goes, at 68%. 13% of the team target share. His 17 targets and 15 receptions are... Again, both top 10 at the position. He has more than three times the targets on anybody else on that team. So if they find themselves down, San Francisco, one of the you know few teams, you can count them on one hand, that might be ahead of Dallas into the fourth quarter. Dak has a 20% target to running back. That goes up to 25% against that heavy zone. 
like we said, we saw Pollard do it. We know the ceiling is there. He's probably the best player on the team. And we could get the game script that allows it. We also know when it comes to these reception ladders, I really don't think these prices are going to last as long as <laughs> as long as I'm going to want them to. Again, plus 650 for six catches. He's already eclipsed that. He could get three or four catches on a single drive. And again, this would be the defensive schematics and the game script to get us there. So give me the Tony Pollard reception ladder. And man, hopefully we get one across. Jay, I'm doing great on these reception ladders. Just not the one I picked for the show. It's killing me, man. I know, and we were talking about this yesterday, you and I. We had Brian Robinson reception. It's crazy. It's just like we... Logan Thomas. Come on, tell me not. I told you Logan Thomas all the way up. All the way up. Both of those guys hit 10 to 1 reception ladders. I'm telling you, people, you got to look at these all props. The prices on that fifth and sixth reception sometimes are really just disproportionate. You could just take a fraction of your allotted risk and play it up to maximize those profits. Yeah, and make sure you're shopping around as well because we've noticed a very big price disparity when oh, looking man. at separate books with these alt lines here. I remember looking yesterday, I found a Brian Robinson over 25 uh, receiving yards. It was at plus 600, and I checked another book. Over 27 was plus 125. A That's massive crazy. disparity there. It's crazy. That's it's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys always shop around. We always preach line shopping on this channel. So, guys, get that, that stamp. Shop around and look through those props here. Let's stick with this 49ers and Cowboys game. Matt and John, you guys are both simpatico here. You both sent over a Tony Pollard, Pollard, excuse me, prop. Um, Tony, Tony Pollard, John, you liked his reception ladder, but Matt, you're looking at Tony Pollard in a different market. What market are you looking at him? In? Yeah, I'm looking over on his rushing yardage. 55 and a half is the number in the market right now. I think it's a it's a Tony Pollard type of game, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pollard had just 47 yards rushing on 11 carries last week, but that was a 38 to three home blowout. Like this week is a very different type of circumstances. The Cowboys are road underdogs against the 49ers. So I think that means to try to control the game, slow down the game and keep the offense for the 49ers on the sideline. They rely on Tony Pollard and give him as much work as he can handle, especially because number two running back Rico Dowdle is, you know, he's dealing with a hip injury. He's not 100%. So I think that means all the more Tony Pollard in this game. And as great as the 49ers defense is, it's actually vulnerable against the run. It's number 28 in rush EPA, number 29 in rush success rate. So I think this is a type of game where whether it's, you know, Tony Pollard on, on short passes, as John has mentioned, or Tony Pollard, just regular handoffs. I think it's Tony Pollard all day long for the Cowboys and no running back has hit this total yet of 54 and a half, 55 and a half, but uh, running backs, Kyron Williams and James Conner, they came close with 52 yards. And I mean, honestly, the 49ers have had a really easy road to this point. They haven't faced a team as good as the Cowboys. They haven't faced a running back as good as Pollard. I've this projected at 67 yards rushing. So I think there's, you know, a fair amount of room that this could go up and you could still get value. But this is definitely one of my favorite bets for the week. Yeah, fifty-five. Jay, Jay one one last piece. Oracle, good to be back with you, man. I, yeah, I knew you were. I done. just. I yeah. knew you were gonna. I I knew you were gonna clean up all those delicious stats that I got. The EPA stuff and the rush success. One more thing that I wanted to mention, and this is gonna actually tie into my boy Jack there too. Jack, you know I'm a huge fan, and I'm about to show you that I listen to your stuff. Also, 49ers, and again, this is predicated on the style of defense. Stylistically, when you collapse the inside, sometimes you allow good running backs to get behind you. 49ers also bottom 10 in yards before contact per rush. Something Jack will let us know is the leading indicator to chunk gains in rushing. I almost have Jack smiling. We're almost seeing teeth right now. But I'm telling you, that's how you get it. And a guy like Pollard, super explosive. The 49ers are really aggressive on defense. So me and Matt are not really, 
you know, against each other, I'm winning. It feels like a Pollard game, and I love the ability for chunk runs. I think he's going to be the centerpiece of that offense, and I also think Dallas is going to use him to try and keep the 49ers off the field. So I think Matt and I both get across in this one. Yeah, fair enough here, John. And also, Matt, there's something that you mentioned that I want to touch on as well. You talked about both James Conner and Kyron Williams. You got to think that game script was a big part of the reason why they didn't get to their total here. And with the way that the Dallas D is playing, and I mean, listen, the Dallas offense hasn't looked that good, but that Dallas defense is the engine of this team. Like, the way they're playing, we can see Pollard in this game for majority of stretches. And I mean, I love the 55 and a half here. The market is at 55 and a half. Slowly creeping up towards, I see some 56s and 57s here. So you might want to jump on this one early. Uh, you might miss out on this 55 and a half. But like, as Matt said, he's projecting around 67, was it, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of room there still. But uh, yeah, always want to be on that before the market moves. We're not done here yet with this Sunday night football game. Jack is a prop for us, but he's looking on the other side of the ball. And my internet just died on me. Am I back? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, guys. My internet's been giving me troubles recently. Uh, on the other side of the ball here, Jack, and he's uh, coming up oh. with 49ers. Oh, oh sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk uh, over 58 and a half receiving yards. He's been dominant so far to start the season. 26.7 seasonal target share. So it's 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 a play on both his volume so far and his efficiency. He looks like he's taken a big step forward this year. Um, his lowest single game target share is 24%. And that came in a week two game where he played just 54 or 53% of snaps. Um, and, and this game against the Cowboys, it, it, it is a good defense, but I think that that is partially balanced out by the fact that this should remain close, which for a lot of Niners games, you can not really say. So it's not like they're just going to be running out the clock in the second half. Purdy should have to be throwing the whole game. Um, and, and I think that he is going to, I think Purdy's going to throw 30 plus times and Ayuk is going to take a quarter of that. And I think, uh, Given his efficiency so far and his historical efficiency, um, I, I'd take the over on 58 and a half. Yeah, 58 and a half. I see some 57s and a half here at minus 115. Would you rather take a 57 and a half at minus 115 or a 58 and a half at 110 even here? Um, I, I'd probably, it, it's pretty close. I'd honestly probably check like unabated or something and, and see what they have. Um, but I, I think they're pretty close to even realistically. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to lock in that 115 here because you mentioned that 58 and a half. And I kind of have another question. Maybe I'll open up the floor to you guys as well. Are you surprised with how the 49ers have been kind of utilizing their pass catchers here? Because it feels like it should be Debo Samuel and Kittle carrying the load. But whenever Ayuk is in, he's in, man. Like, he's the guy. So, uh, Jack, any any thoughts on that quickly? Uh, the, how the Niners utilize uh, their players in the pass game? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because last year when both Ayuk and Debo were healthy. There was kind of a narrative that they that they were kind of like pretty close to even. But what we saw target share wise was that Debo would always be ahead. And so uh, from a projection standpoint, like we always found ourselves having Debo ahead. But this year it's been a lot closer to even. Um, and that kind of corroborates with the, the reports out of camp this summer that Ayuk's taken another step forward. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is going to be pretty heavily concentrated around Debo and Ayuk moving forward. And then Kittle and McCaffrey obviously uh the the third and fourth guys um maybe not in that order maybe McCaffrey then Kittle um and then everyone else is just kind of a rotational guy yeah fair enough hold on I I got one I want to build off the two again I'd like to really revolve around defensive I think that's kind of the lodestar for a lot of stuff Dallas again very aggressive also what you get is a ton of man coverage so Jay to tie in what you're saying and what Jack's saying 
Brandon Ayuk, right before our eyes, has really kind of blossomed into a true alpha, like 1.01 as far as man press coverage goes and winning in small spaces. And now that's been reflected in the target per route run. Brandon Ayuk has a 33% target per route run against man this year. That you That's the thing. That used to be Debo's role. When they identified man via man in motion, that used to be Debo's ball for real. And now it's not anymore. Ayuk is just... Dude, he's twisting guys into, into eternity. It is sick out there. So that's been the key for me. I also really like Jack's play for that reason. Dallas is going to play a lot of heavy man. If and when San Francisco is able to identify that man coverage, they're going to look to get Ayuk alone in the island and no one could beat when no one could rock with him right now. He's the man. So I love that play again, really based on the on the defensive kind of schematics. Yeah, to, to follow up on that, um, total agreement that like Ayuk at this point, I think is like the better pure receiver out of you know him and yeah. Debo. Debo's like more of like the the flash playmaker, but yeah. like Ayuk is like he's the real like the actual real number one in that offense yeah. at this point. And then there was a, a question in the chat about Kittle uh, under forty and a half at minus one fifteen. Uh, I have this projected at forty two point nine, so like you know pretty close to the market there. So I I wouldn't be touching it. And I'm looking at the official projections we have at Fantasy Life and. That's 42.6. So I, I see the logic of like Kittle might be staying in more to pass, but I probably uh, to pass protect, but I probably wouldn't be um wouldn't be touching this. Yeah, fair enough here. Appreciate that question, Josh, from the chat. And moving on to our last game. We have a lot. I, I just realized we have a ton of concentrated uh props here on the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. So we got a lot of action heading into those games, but we're going to move away. We're going to head over to the 1 p.m. slate here. And the last one on the board, it's going to be the Texans and the Falcons. Matt, who are you looking at right here? The game is at just about a pick. It's kind of been pushed and pulled back and forth between that, that one, one, one and a half, two in favor of the Falcons here who are at home. Matt, you're looking at the Atlanta side of the ball. You're taking an under in the passing game. So tell us a bit which under you're targeting in the passing game. And I have a little question for you after that. I mean, in the passing game, are you worried about taking unders with the possibility of Desmond Ritter being benched for Taylor Heineke? So tell us first about that prop and then let us know about uh, the Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke potential switch up. So we had a question from Justin or not a question, but a, a statement. He noticed that he likes uh, Johnny Smith under 32 and a half yards receiving. And that's what I'm highlighting here. Uh, I like that one. Uh, Smith did nothing in week one, zero targets. In weeks two and four, I mean, he absolutely, you know, slammed uh, 179 yards receiving on 20 targets, 15 receptions. That actually puts him in those three games. Number one on the team in receiving yards and receptions. Number two in targets. Like, that is not insignificant. But here's the thing. Like, I am not at all buying that. Mm -hmm. If you look at the underlying usage, uh, since week two, he's actually number five on the team in route rate. It's 68%. So like behind Drake London, behind Kyle Pitts, behind Bijan Robinson, and even behind number two wide receiver, Mac Hollins. Like he's on the field, he's running routes, but like he is the least important part of this passing game here. And if you look at what he did as the number one tight end with the Titans in 2020 and 2021, when he was under then offensive coordinator, now Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith, he averaged 28.6 receiving yards per game with a median of 20. And that was as the number one guy. Like now he's the number two tight end on an offense that wants to run the ball as much as it can. And then you look at the matchup going against a Texans defense has actually played much better 
than I thought they would. And then last mm-hmm. week was their first week with both of their starting safeties. Yep. Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie. Last week, they held the Steelers tight ends, Pat Fryermuth, Darnell Washington, to a combined 17 yards on five targets. So you kind of put it all together, and I just don't think it's a great set of circumstances for Jonu Smith. I have the projection at 23.3. And so, you know, given that it's 32 and a half in the current market right now, I would feel comfortable betting this all the way up to, I don't know, like 28 and a half, 29 and a half. So I think there's room to go. Yeah, and it's still early on in the week. And as the week goes on, we like to see these numbers, numbers move. And they are starting to move off that 32 and a half. I see some 30 and a halfs out here uh, on, on the board. So make sure you're scooping these up before they move. And remember, you can find all of our picks tracked up here. Search Forward Progress HQ on Betstamp, and you can find our account there. All of our picks are tracked. We're tracking them in real time live on the show. So make sure you're following that uh, and you can kind of catch up and see if you ever missed the show, what picks we're looking at this week. Just one more thing before we move off this. I just, I'm just curious your guys' thoughts on, are you worried at all when betting uh, either against the Falcons or for the Falcons about the potential switchup of Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke? I know that Arthur Smith has mentioned that uh, Desmond Ritter is their starter here, but like, are you worried about it in the slightest? And like, if that scenario ever happens, are you just rushing to bet Atlanta live? Matt, we'll start with you. Um, I'm not worried about it for this game mm-hmm. and part of that is because i think it's going to be a run heavy game for the falcons going against a a defense for the texans that is not that good in run yeah. defense home favorites coming off of two losses this just feels like a Bijan robinson tyler Algier type of game where i think desmond ritter is not going to matter all that much in okay, this game that's fair that's fair, that's fair. Friedman shorting the Falcon offense. How how dare you? How dare you short Arthur Smith? Revolutionary aerial attack. Where you really nailed it, though. I, I think Matt. The most important thing is Arthur Smith licking his chops with this Houston Texans no defense. Eighty four opposed to passer rating allowed. One eighty five passing yards per game. Nine yards per reception and only nine twenty yard completions. The Falcons are not really going to be looking to dare that. Maybe you get a couple of those deep play action shots. But yeah, you want to be short in the Falcons on this one. Jay, I thought where you were going to go, and something I've noticed in my own work, I really like the Texans I, I, in general, right? I was early on Stroud. The thing I worry about is going over on the other side of a Falcons game because of the way they just they just suppress everything. He is just like the wet blanket, you know, that kills all overs, Arthur Smith. It's a truth, though, because they're also very effective, very creative in the run game. So, like, the 1958 football fan, I mean, he still likes that. But the 2023 degenerate gambler is like, man. So I think this script, like Matt saying, really plays into everything the Falcons are trying to do, really on both sides of the ball. This one just smells like such an over, like lowest amount of plays run on the slate, really just everything under. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Jack, any thoughts here on the the, Atlanta, the wet blanket that is the Atlanta Falcons? And <laughs> I, I don't know if you're alive better here, but I personally got it. Like, don't follow my advice. But if I see Taylor Heineke step foot in the game or grab his helmet, I'm rushing right to my computer and betting it, betting the Falcons. You talk about a piece of a game, though. I, I wouldn't, I'm never going to put my cap on, you know, a replacement quarterback at what point, mopping up a fourth quarter or mopping yeah. up a second half. So, like, fair enough, fair enough. Jack, any thoughts here? Yeah, um, I mean, live betting isn't like my my forte. I, I do think Heineke is probably better than Ritter, but I agree with Matt that based on Arthur Smith's comments and the, the way that the Falcons are probably going to play this week, I don't think we see Heineke this week. Um, yeah. I hope we're, I hope I'm wrong because I, I think it would be a, a better offense, but that's kind of my take on it at the moment. <laughs> we've had enough. Yeah, for all of us here, we're hoping that he... he yeah, we've <laughs> had enough, enough. We're all ready to throw in the towel while I'm watching this team. It's the truth. 
It's crazy. Anyways, uh, let's let's move on from here. There's a couple questions in the chat. Before we get to our, our questions, Jack, you have an anytime touchdown bet here for us. You don't. We don't have to track. It. We don't have to track it if you want. We can track a small amount, point one uh, unit. Uh, just tell us a little bit more about this touchdown. You're looking at the Giants Dolphins game. Yeah, um, yeah. We we can track it. If we, I'm pretty indifferent on the on the tracking, but I'm gonna go with Wandale Robinson uh, anytime touchdown score at plus six hundred. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big anytime touchdown score bet, but I do think this is at least interesting with, uh, how he finished second on the team in routes last week. Um, uh, he's an enormous targets per route run guy. So I think the volume is going to be there. The question of course is, is can the giants engineer like a scoring drive? Um, but Wandale is the, the low ADOC guy, low depth of target guy. So it's not like that his routes take a long time to develop. So I think he's going to get a lot of volume, whether he can find the end zone. Uh, we'll see. But I think at plus 600, it's not the worst thing in the world. And we've seen his usage tick up uh, since he's been back. Obviously, he's been back. But like I, his usage was he's being used a lot more than I expected him to in this passing game uh, over the last two weeks here. And let's just stick with Wandale Robinson here. By the way, I tracked that. Sorry uh, to cut myself off here. Plus 600. We're going to track that at a tenth of a unit. Reminder, you can find all of our plays tracked. Forward Progress HQ over on Betstamp. Justin, who mentioned the Jonu Smith under 32 and a half, uh, he also is looking at Wandale Robinson over three and a half receptions, minus 140. Jack, I, if, if you're liking the anytime touchdown here, I got to assume you're looking towards that, or you're liking that Wandale Robinson over three and a half reception, although it does have relative juice attached to it, minus 140 here. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I like that one um, as well. I'm we have 4.4 catches for Wandale Robinson. I think that the usage we saw last week with Wandale and um, Jalen Hyatt kind of overtaking Isaiah Hodgins and Paris Campbell, I think that's going to stick. I don't think Wandale is suddenly going to like be in the Darius Slayton, like running around on, mm. on every drop back of the game. But I think that if he's, you know, the, the primary slot guy over Paris Campbell, and we've seen in what little we've seen from him that he's a super high targets per hour on guy, super efficient at earning targets. Um, so I do think he's going to get peppered in a game where the Giants should be a negative game script. Uh, so I do think he's going to catch four balls on Sunday. I like that. All right, uh, Justin. Jack is calling that a play. So go out there and play it. Don't know if you've already played it yet, but appreciate all the comments in the chat. Let's get around to them. Uh, let's start with Christian Kirk over 54 and a half minus 110 receiving yards here. We saw Christian Kirk kind of shift out of the slot with uh, Zay Jones hurt uh, the last couple of weeks. But with Zay Jones likely looking healthy, are you guys, how are you guys feeling about this Christian Kirk over 54 and a half? John, we'll start with you. It's a tough one because, um, the matchup. You know, the, mm -hmm. the Bills have just kind of squashed everybody. And in particular, part of their strength is the linebacking core in the middle, which I fear might take away where Kirk kind of thrives. That being said, he seemed to emerge as the preferred option as of late. I, I'm not really sure where to go again. I, when I kind of scratch my chin three times, I normally leave it. I want more of a smash spot for Christian Kirk. You know, I want a team with a soft interior mm. that gives up yardage to the slot. Now, if you tell me this could turn into a shootout, like I get you, it's not a crazy high total. And if he gets away with one catch, he can get it. But I'd probably be leaning more towards Nate than yay. Yeah, and Trader, Tr excuse me, Tredavious White uh, looks is, is going to be out for this game. Obviously, suffering that Achilles tendon last week, but it, it's not like I don't think that would affect. Uh, no, uh, this is Kirk more yet. like Milano is in the middle eating yeah. up that space, and that's the that's not the same space I want to occupy. You know, 
Yeah, fair enough here. Fair enough here. Moving off of that, uh, if no one has any strong thoughts about that, let's look at Jamar Chase over 77 and a half minus 115. I mean, personally, it feels like the Bengals are unbettable right now until they figure their stuff out. Uh, but Matt, if you have any thoughts on the Jamar Chase receiving yards over 77, excuse me, 77 and a half minus 115, uh, you have anything there for us? Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of like it. I haven't okay. bet it, but my projection is pretty significantly to the under. I have it projected at 88.1, and uh, he is one of the guys I wrote up in my Friedman's favorites piece as a, like a, a fantasy favorite this week. And, you know, like the theory is that, like, yeah, the Bengals offense has been trash through four weeks. But even with that, Jamar Chase uh, in weeks three and four, he had 24 targets, had 214 receiving yards. We know what he's capable of based on what he's done to this point. And the big thing is that number two wide receiver, T. Higgins, he's got the, the rib injury. He didn't practice yesterday, uh, didn't practice the day before that. Highly skeptical that he ends up playing. And then he's going against a Cardinals defense. That's number 30 in defensive dropback success rate and pass DVOA. So it's actually a pretty decent matchup for him. So I haven't bet the over, but like it's one of the ones that I'm thinking about. Yeah, and I want just this is just like a, a general question for you here. Do you think that if Higgins is ruled in, it'll affect the Jamar Chase's line by moving it down at all? Because we know for a fact that if he's out, it will probably push the line up here. So if you don't think that that line will move down a bit, I think maybe it might be a play if you're leaning towards it. Matt, what thoughts on that? I think the line is being priced as if Higgins is not going to play, okay. given yeah. the the back to back DNPs. Fair enough here. Fair enough here. Any more thoughts on that, John? Yeah, I think. Uh... Chase is the only viable piece here, and it's it's more of a bug than a feature. But Chase is even averaging like four slot targets a game right now, and I don't I don't think that's necessarily what they want to do because the A dot is just so low. Now, granted, the slot routes he's running are okay to be A dot, but right now the wide routes he's running are there. But the more the merrier for Chase, and we know he could break one. Uh, again, I'm closer to unbettable than betting on the Bengals. I feel like the odds in these props are not so great that you need to go run for them, right? If we're talking especially 118 minus 120, man, you give me that, you know, prop menu, I feel like I could find a 120 I like better. Fair enough, fair enough here. And last one here we have in the chat uh, before we sign off here, Anthony Richardson, anytime touchdown plus 135. I mean, sure. Any, of course, yeah. <laughs> Jack, I want to throw to you. Why is though. that plus money? Uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a rogue number here. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the board, and we have like a couple plus 115s, 105. Some books are even having it at minus 111. In that minus money, I don't want to touch any of that. But Jack, any thoughts here on uh, Anthony Richardson anytime TV plus 135? Yeah, I mean, I th I think that's decent. Uh, I'm not a huge like anytime touchdown score mm -hmm. guy, but he you know he's been rushing for touchdowns like pretty much every week. His I, uh design dress share is really high like mid 20s um off the top of my head i think so i i don't think i'm like super qualified to give any time touchdown score advice but i think that that off the top <laughs> off the top of the head that sounds that sounds pretty decent to me yes yeah, same here off the top of my head if you guys have any uh more thoughts feel free to chime in here but if not uh, let's look to close out the show chat. We appreciate you guys here uh, dropping the comments, being a part of the show, because guys, without you, we wouldn't be making this sort of content here. So reminder, before you head out the door, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and make sure you tell one friend, just one friend about this show. I know I have a couple group chats where I like to do the squad ride parlay. And hey, send it in that group chat. Maybe we can help you out with that squad ride parlay here for this Sunday. That just about does it for us here. Just a reminder, before we head out, 
Sunday live, 11 p.m. Eastern. Rob, sorry, excuse me, 11 a.m. Eastern. Rob Zola will be live during that uh, London game. Uh, he'll be doing the pizza buffet where he goes through every single game on the board and gives his best bets that are still available. So if you're looking for bets on Sunday morning, this channel is your best place to be. And then live at 8 p.m. Eastern for Forward Progress. Rob Pizzol will be back with Clive Biggs. He will be running through the entire board of week six. We'll be looking at all the opening lines and we'll be looking trying to predict kind of which way the market moves. So if you're looking to get some CLV, some early bets in for week six, that is the best place to be, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. So for John, for Matt, for Jack, this has been Forward Progress right here on the Hammer Betting Network. Mm -hmm.